for the opportunity to come before your throne today. We know that we can find mercy. We've always found it, and you never change. And grace to help us in our time of need. And we thank you, Lord, that we don't need to be ashamed of our needs, that we can speak them publicly. We can speak them to you in prayer. And we can uh, understand and know that you will always come to our aid and our rescue. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And praise God. Amen. Um, so today we're going to talk about healing again and talk about the fact that Jesus is the way to healing. Amen. He is the way to healing. Uh, when he told the disciples, they asked him, uh, what is the way? And he said, I am the way. Amen. I am the truth and I am the life. So when you find Jesus, you find you're on the right road. In other words, you're, you're, you're the way. You're on the way. And, uh, that's always good to know because as long as you are with him, you're in the right spot. See, you're, you're on your way to accomplishing things. You're on your way to achieving. You're on the way to discovery. You're on the way to an adventure in many, many ways. You know, serving God is an adventure because it's done by faith. If we knew everything and saw everything before we started out, it wouldn't have that kind of, um, I guess you could say, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> what, whatever. But, <laughs> what that mean? No, but, but, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to put into words. I, I don't want to say thrill, cause that's a little cheap. Excitement is, you know, another little cheap way of saying it, but there's a surprise there, always. I mean, even though we know the outcome, and if you read the word and you're praying the word, you have an understanding of what's going to happen. But you never know the dimension of it. You never know how. You never know when. You never know the magnitude. You never know what it's going to mean for your life, the rest of your life. So there's always this big surprise inside or a, a unveiling, I guess you could say, that happens when we walk with Jesus. It's never dull. And it's always full of good fruit so that you can trust his leadership and you can trust his direction. So, um, but there are some things that will come along with it that we had no idea, um, it would be a part of our lives or we would even participate in some of the things that God has us do and he has in store for us. And so I think it's always good to keep in mind that we're, when we're seeking, uh, whatever God, whatever we need from God, whatever your need has when you're seeking that you're going to get so much more uh because of the abundant life factor in that you know it's a more abundant life and so you're going to get what you're looking for but it's going to exceed your expectations you know god will put that little unveiling uh ta-da at the <laughs> at the end of at, at the end of it and you'll say oh this is god right here i know this is god you know is he he puts his punctuation mark on it. He puts a stamp on it. He puts a signature on it uh, that you know that that he has done that. And so uh, I was just thinking about that the other day, and God keeps reminding me that he's 
always with me and he's always helping me doing things, you know, um, that, that are a, a comfort and a help in my life. And I was thinking the other day, I was in, in the store, I was in Aldi and I had just finished checking out and I remember, don't you hate that? You get to the cash register, you remember something you forgot. And I thought, oh brother. And so I forgot the oranges for this morning and I kept thinking, oh, I said, oh, we'll get orange. Oranges, porridges. Oranges, schmoranges. Who needs oranges? You know, you go through that mental and then finally I said, oh Lord, I'm going to get the oranges. And I was looking, they had a little rope tied, you know, barrier. And I, there was the oranges right there and I'm here and there's a barrier. And so I kept looking at it and I said, hey, brother, I got to walk around. Before I could even complain, some lady walked in front of me and unlatched the thing and walked through. You know, she worked there. So it was legal. And so I said, and you know, I could just feel God smile. You know, it's like, then you keep going on and on about this stuff. And he said, it's just that he, he said, I can open a door so easy. It'll make your head spin. Amen. Now see, that's, that is a small ish thing, you know, but small things have God's stamp on them and that makes them big. You see, uh, it's like, well, what would it hurt you to, to walk around and go through the right door? Well, it wouldn't hurt anything, but a desire of my heart was to take the shortcut and do it legally so I didn't have to undo the little thing and they get mad at me or I start letting the whole people in the wrong way and you know what I'm saying, all that kind of stuff. You don't want to do that stuff. You want to do things. You want doors to open to you, you know? And so he just constantly reminds me, I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm your good friend, your constant companion. Amen. And I'm here to do you good. And so I think about that sometimes of all the things that he, you know, if you look at a week, a week goes by and you look at all the things that he's done in the last several days that you need it done, that you couldn't do yourself. Or you didn't have to just call somebody and say, can you do so and so and such and such for me? He, he arranged it for you. Amen. And so I thought to myself, I said, Lord, this is, you know, this is beyond, <laughs> you know, this is beyond good. This is beyond fun. This is beyond. I mean, it's just always a good surprise one after another, you know, in God. And, and so it's, it's something to look forward to. I tell you. It's something to look forward to and, and know that you can trust him. Don't ever be reluctant to ask God for anything or to share your heart with him regarding some things, you know, and, and uh, all of that. Cause he knows everything. Uh, but he wants relationship with us so that he can bless us, make us better, make us feel more secure in life, you know, all of that. So it's a good thing to, to know that he's with us. 100% of the time, every step of the way, he is the way, amen, to everything that we need that's good and perfect in life. So as far as Jesus being the way to healing, when you first step on, now that the word way, W-A-Y, actually means road, amen. It means pathway. Uh, it means, um, uh, um, you know, a, a, 
a tried course, a course of action. And, and so Jesus then sets the course of action in our lives with his word. So our first step in the first act of faith, uh, that's needed, um, to, to get on the road with Jesus is that we must believe when we, when we pray that we receive what we're asking for. Uh, if you can't, you know, it's like you're, you're looking for something, you're stumbling around, you're about to get on the pathway, uh, to your healing, but you want to make sure you get on the right road. Amen. Uh, you don't want to take the, uh, the left turn and you should have taken the right one. Amen. And so you don't want to, and you don't want to be asleep at the wheel and you miss, <laughs> you miss the, the exit. You got to get on at the right point. And so the right point is the place where your faith is activated. Amen. And your faith is activated when the word is believed. When you believe the word of God, that's when your faith comes alive. Your faith in God comes alive. So if you turn to Mark 11, uh, and we'll start in verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered him, saying, Have faith in God. So the first thing that you need to understand God's God's word works on is the roots. Amen. When Jesus spoke, it says here, that tree dried up from the roots in verse 20. So why are you disturbed if you still see some fruit when he's working on the root? Uh-huh, see. see. We all want to see the symptoms go right away. Everybody wants instant everything. Amen. Keep believing for instant, because instant comes sometimes. It's like uh, people will say, um, so-and-so is an overnight success. And you talk to these people, and they say, I've been doing this for 13 years. Y'all just got... <laughs> see, that's the root. Amen. That root is saying, I've been withering up for, for a long time here. Y'all just not paying attention to what's going on. Amen. So uh, it, it, know that God must work at the root level. Amen. Or it, if if that's not true, then just keep going to the doctor and don't bother God. See, man works on the natural level, what we can feel, what we can see, what the numbers are. Amen. So they're plugging away at numbers, trying to get numbers normal on us. And God's working at the root. Huh? So while them numbers may not change very much, that root is drying up. See, that root has been cursed because of your faith in God's word. And so once we understand that God is working someplace other than what's visible and what we can see, amen, then then we can exercise patience in waiting for the fruit of our prayers to come to pass uh, because we we understand how God's working at things. 
You know, it takes time for some stuff. It takes time for God to sometimes find people to cooperate with him. That ain't such an easy job. Look in the mirror. Huh? We always looking for a confirmation and looking for, well, I just don't know yet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying about it. Well, you ain't doing no such thing. You stalling. Think we don't know the difference. Amen. Some things we just don't want to do and God knows it. There are things that he's assigned other people to do and they don't want to do and he knows it. Got to work on people sometimes. Huh? He really has. You know, I remember praying for my late husband to be saved. And, you know, 10 years after I was saved, he was saved. And I'm expecting it, you know, every day, any day, every day, any day, every day, any Well, I quit getting myself so worked up about it. And I said, Lord, you know what? I can't save him anyway. I got to let you do this. You see what I'm saying? And uh if we let God do his job, it'll get done. If we're constantly supervising and overseeing and critiquing, uh, what kind of messed the whole thing up? Amen. What we have to do is stay in the faith for these things. There's no reason to not believe God for extraordinary things because he'll do anything that's in our heart for him to do that is where, uh, uh, supplies. And so it, God works at the root level and people and Peter reminded Jesus that this tree was withered already. And Jesus answering said to him, verse 22, have faith in God. Amen. And in uh, some translations say, have the faith of God or put your trust in God or use the God kind of faith. Oh, you mean there's more than one faith to you? Well, yes, of course there is. You can believe God's word or you can believe what you see that may be contrary to God's word. Amen. So it's good to put natural blinders on and look deep into the realm of the spirit so that you can see what's going on for real and you can connect with Jesus. That's where you connect with him is in his word. And you connect with him, uh, in believing and praying and in the things of the spirit. That's where your connection with Jesus really is, is in the realm of the spirit. Now, at some point it will come to pass and you'll see it in the natural. Amen. But until then, it's a spiritual thing. It's something between you and him and it's something that he has total control over. This is the thing that we we sometimes have a hard time accepting. See, when he says have faith in God, it means have the God kind of faith or the Abraham brand of faith. That's that's part of our inheritance too. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Well, it's got to be righteousness because there's nothing wrong with God's word. When you believe God's word, everything's right about that. Amen. Yeah, he wants you to be blessed. Yes, he wants you to be healthy. Yes, he wants your kids to be well educated. Yes, he wants them to have good careers and good jobs. Yes, he wants all of that stuff for you. These are good things. They're things that you want. Amen. 
the reason you go to God for them is you have a certain confidence that he can bring it to pass. Amen. Way above and beyond what we are able to do. And so when we understand what we're aiming for and what we're after, then we will will gladly turn it over to the Lord. Amen. And when I say turn it over, put him in the driver's seat on this. And yeah, you're there and you're willing to do your part and you do your part, but you ain't running the bus. You're not driving the bus with your illegal self. Amen. Got no business trying to run nothing. In fact, we supposedly resigned from running our lives when we got saved, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'm going to serve you. I ain't going to complain no more. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in our anxiety and fear and fretfulness, listening to the devil talking us into being impatient, we want to jump back in the driver's seat again. Amen. And you know, the only thing left to do is once you wreck the car, turn the keys over to the rightful owner. Now that it's a mess, huh? We give it right back to him, don't we? Amen. And he loves us and he accepts it and fixes it for us. Amen. Amen. Cause he sees your heart. He knows you're, like David says, he knows my frame. He knows I'm just dust. Amen. And so he has compassion on us. Like sheep without a shepherd. He wants to guide us and lead us and help us. Amen. And we're so accustomed to doing it ourselves. We don't have the patience to let him do things for us. And, and he will give us reassurance along the way that it's coming. You know, he, he won't leave us high and dry. He won't forsake us. He'll give us whatever confidence and assurance we need. He'll give it to us. How? By getting us back in the word again. You see, come here. Let me, let me show you this. Let me show you what I, how I'm doing this and why I'm doing this. And sometimes he'll speak a word of confidence to our hearts. You know, just, you know, I've, I'm doing this now. You know, I heard you. It's never too late. It's not too late. We're going to, this is going to happen for you. Amen. He just will let you be assured about that because he wants us to be confident and full. Of, he wants to help our faith. He's not there to, to hide it from us and make it hard for us. He's there to help our faith. Amen. And then that's really what his role is. And that's why you want to cling to the Lord. When you, when you have a need or you're praying about something, you're expecting something, you're standing in faith for something, you want to cling to Him because He is your life. He is your strength. He is the way. He's your hope. He's your everything. So you need Him there with you, coaching you and guiding you and helping you. You need a confidant sometimes. You need somebody you can tell things that you don't even want to own up to yourself. You know, it just, God, you know, this is, this bugs me like this. You know, I want you to help me with this. And, and, and oftentimes the confession of it is what will set you free. You just get relieved of the burden of it and you, you realize that he has taken that burden from you and freed you up. And so when he says, have faith in God, he says, have put your confidence, your total trust in God. Have the God kind of faith. Amen. 
once you put your faith in God, then your faith takes on the characteristics of God. Amen. You're not just using your measure of faith anymore. Your faith has been converted to the God kind of faith. And that's the faith that can speak confidently to a problem and see it removed and see it thrown into the sea and disintegrate. Amen. It'll just happen. And so you have to look at your words like that. You have to appreciate your words. You have to be careful about your words. Amen. And and you have to uh, use words in a deliberate way, in a way that you really want to see them come to pass. You have to respect your words. And you have to respect yourself and respect God and, and use his word the way it's intended to be used. You know, you don't take the word of God and just argue with people for the sake of winning an argument. You know, you allow God to minister through you. You know, I mean, so you won. <laughs> but you, you just cut that person up in a million pieces. But, you know, you won the battle. But, you know, there they are in a mess because of your words, you know. So we have to be careful that we're not striving one with another just to have the last say-so or to win the argument or whatever it is that we're pursuing. And so when you have faith in God, you recognize how powerful his word is in your mouth and in your heart. See, if we get a good grip on what we have, inside of us for our own selves, we'd be less inclined to want to, you know, use the word inappropriately. Or, or you know, I mean, you really, you start respecting that word more. You think to yourself, man, this, this word raised people from the dead. Just saying, come forth, got Lazarus out of a tomb, man, you know? And he, he, got out even though he was bound hand and foot the bible says he was walking see nobody had to go in and get him he had the power to come out amen and jesus when he said uh he told the people who were standing around to remove his grave clothes amen now really lazarus is already out of the tomb did he need that But why do we, why do, why did, why did Jesus tell him take them grave clothes off of him? Well, who put them on him? Right. You know how they put them on him? With their words? Oh, look at Lazarus saying, you been in there today? He ain't looking good. Jesus said he was gonna come, he ain't here yet. I don't think he gonna get here. I think Lazarus gonna die. Uh huh. So we need to start undoing what we do. Just unravel some of the nonsense we've spoken and unravel some of the wanting to know stuff. You know, everybody wants to know, oh, well, I knew this was going to happen. Well, how'd you know that was going to happen? You were supposed to be praying for something else to happen. See, everybody wants to be a prophet before and after the fact. Amen. Well, I should say fortune teller, you know, it's, <laughs> Some people ain't no different. Huh? 
Yeah, we we put grave clothes on people long before they, you know, the undertaker just doing what we give him permission to do. We didn't we didn't done it all already. Uh, everybody buying plane tickets. Well, I'm going to see so and so. I ain't seen her in twenty years. Well, you didn't come visit when she was alive. Now she at death's door, and you just, you know, come on, y'all. See, the living have a, have a ministry of life. See, your words have this kind of power. Jesus said, have faith in God. In other words, put your faith in God's word. And use you, when you do that, you are using his faith when you speak. You are using his word and you're using his faith when you speak. He says, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. And be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that what he says will happen, it'll happen. So you got to believe what you say is going to happen. Amen. You got to believe that. And then it will happen when you put your faith in God's word. So if you say that by his stripes I am healed, then you are healed. But you can't. Take that back when a pain comes up or when a lab report doesn't turn positive the way you want it to. You can't just change in the middle of a street. Well, I thought I was. Well, that's your problem. You didn't believe it. You just thought it. Huh? I think I look like Wonder Woman sometimes, but. Huh? That don't mean nothing. You got a lot of thoughts running through your head. Hey? Yeah, people always, well, I thought I was healed. Well, dig deeper this time. You got to go a little bit deeper than your thoughts. You got to go and, and let that word penetrate your heart and really set your mind to believing it and say, I'm not coming out of my Bible until I believe this. Amen. We need to make a covenant with ourselves sometimes. You need to make a, a promise to yourself. You know, I'm going to get this. Now, God, Brother Hagen got this, and the Osbournes got it, and, and Oral Roberts got it, and so and so. I'm going to get this. Amen. I'm going to get this. Because you are no respecter of persons. Too many people down through the ages have, have uh, grasped understanding of healing and health. And so this can be done by anybody who would dare put their faith in God. And so he says, if you believe and not doubt, believe and not doubt, believe and not doubt in your heart. And see, the enemy wants to keep fostering doubt. What what does he do? Get us focused on what it looks like. Keep us focused on what it feels like. Keep us focused on how long it's been. When is it coming? And it should have been here by now. See, we start judging God. Amen. According to earth time. But you're not going anywhere. You're going to be sitting right there in that chair complaining and carrying on. Amen. So you might as well let God do this the way he wants to do it. Amen. You might enjoy the ride after a while if you walk with Jesus a little bit. You know, hold on to his hand. See where he's going with this. Let him show you some stuff instead of you trying to have to know everything all the time. Amen. Let him show you a few things. So when we talk about um, 
um, receiving from God. This is the pattern. Amen. So we have to believe and not doubt in our hearts. Let that word penetrate your heart. How does that happen? Through meditation. Just let your mind focus on the word of God. In fact, before you get up and start looking at anything else, get some word in you. Amen. Get a, a, a scripture that, that speaks to your situation and read it over and over and over again. You know, three and four times, ten times. Just let your, I, I know when, when, uh, I first started wanting to get rid of some of the, the, uh, ailments that I seem to be picked up recently, I would get Isaiah 53 and read that whole chapter several times a day, you know, right, right after each other so that I could wash out any kind of doubt in my head. You know what I'm saying? And then take it with you and feast on it. Amen. Uh, you know, the word of God is the best snack you could ever snack on. Amen. No calories. Amen. You can't, it, it won't poison you. It won't, you know, it won't shoot your sugar up. Huh? It shoot something else down. Amen. It's a, it's a very well balanced meal for us. And so having this word in us is, is everything. It'll, it'll lead you into the greatest opportunities uh, that you could ever foresee in your life. The greatest, just the greatest ones. And he says, um, he says, in, in, in whosoever can say to this mountain, just leave here and cast into the sea. Now you got to believe it's going to happen because you say so and because it's God's word. Amen. Sometimes we have faith in God, we say, but we don't have faith in God if we speak his word. See? You gotta believe it. What you say will come to pass. Now why is this so important? Because if you believe it'll come to pass by doing a miracle and removing a mountain and throwing it into the ocean, then you've got to realize the importance of what you say. See, this whole little phrase here is getting us to understand the importance of our words. And Jesus is saying this. He says, if you say what God says, if you put your faith in God's word, your words will be so powerful that you can say these things and they'll happen even if they're catastrophic things. That, that follow your words. Your words are that powerful because of the God kind of faith that you have. So if you believe that, that a mountain will be thrown into the sea, then what, what can you expect when you start talking about whether you have a pain or not? See, you gotta believe that you, that your faith is working the same way against you as it would be for you. See? So this will cause you to be careful and careful about your words. Careful about what you listen to. Careful about what you hide in your heart. Careful about um, how you spend your time. How you dedicate yourself to different things in your life. How you, how you spend your resources. All of that. Uh, it all ties in together. Because if the more you dedicate to God, the more the God effect is in your life. Amen. 
What do I mean when I say God effect? Every good and perfect gift. The desires of your heart given to you. Amen. Some things are going to take some time because they take some time for your faith to build, to refine and, and to, you know, there's, there's some stuff we, we want very badly, but we have, we haven't gone beyond the wanting of it. Then you got to go into the acquiring of it and then the possessing of it, caring for it, letting your life be built around it if necessary. And, and so that takes faith too. There are people that quit on it because they didn't take into account what it was going to cost them to be able to maintain what it is that they have. See, um, you know, uh, parents do when they, when you set out and, and you start to raise a family, you know, you can't add up all the dollars and cents that it's going to take for everything, for every year, for every day, for every, what it, the personal toll that it takes on you as an individual. And lots of people don't make it, folks. They just don't, they can't live up to it. Uh, you see people turning their children over into foster care all the time because they thought it was going to be. And then when it got there, they found out there was more to it than that. Well, any sinner can do that. God doesn't want his kids doing that. That's why it might take some time to get God to move in some areas of our lives because he's looking at the long haul down the road. What's it going to cost you X number of years from now to be able to, you know, have the joy of being a parent or a husband or a wife or a doctor or a nurse, you know, even in your professions. Sometimes God knows, you know, you're not going to cut it through all that, you know, so he'll steer you into a different direction. Maybe where he wants you to be, you know, people kind of get the impression that when you're a Christian, you can, you have the freedom to go do whatever you want to do. But I haven't found life like that. Now, I'll just be honest with you. It's not just because I'm a preacher. I had no inclination about preaching years ago, but I felt my life was very restricted now that I belong to God. I knew I couldn't go back to doing all the old stuff I did. And number one, I wasn't sure if I knew how to enjoy it anymore. And I felt like, well, goodness, God lives inside of me. I got to do something different. You know, what, what does that mean? And, and so we, we have to understand that, that when God plans a life for us, he plans it over a, a, an expanse of time. We can't get 10 years worth of happiness in the first year. He's geared it so that it extends out so that you can live with your decisions after you make them. And he can help you when when things go a little awry. You know, uh, in God, they're minor adjustments. Out in the world, they're catastrophic events, see? And so God wants to keep us in that, I guess you could say, a, a, a contentment, a, a comfort zone, a, a protection, so that, we're we're not disappointed. He wants he's he wants nothing but good for us. And sometimes it takes time him working on us to get us in a position to see what he's doing is good. A lot of times we don't want any parts of it because we can't see what he's doing. And so he might have to hide some things from us with our little nosy selves. We don't know what we're looking at anyway. I always gotta I wonder what 
God, when is it? When is it? What is it? How is it? What is it? What is it? Go find you. Go mop your floor. Amen. Let me handle this. Go find you something to do. Amen. (laughs) So seriously. And so, you know, sometimes we just out of boredom, sit around, want to bug God and see what, God, what you, God, what you go, God, what you, you know, you see that pile of dust over there? Go take care of that. (laughs) Find you something to do. So faith in God is like that. You have to put your trust and confidence in him, in his timing, in his ways, in the outcome, what it's going to look like, how it's going to look, all of that stuff. The road of faith, if Jesus is on it, even though it may get narrower, the longer you're on it, there's, it's much more beneficial to you. There's some aspects of it that will get easier, I think, as you walk with God. It'll be like a, a familiar dance that you do. You know the steps. And so you just get up every morning and you do the steps. And as you do the steps, and then Jesus will help you to get into the new thing that he has for you. He said, well, wait a minute now. We ain't done the triple turn yet, girl. I said, ah. You mean it's a triple turn turned in his tooth? Huh? Yeah, it's a triple turn. Right. And, and all of that, it's exciting. And so once you, you understand that you're walking with him, he's there with, he's your, you need help, honey. I don't know where we live, but where you live, but where I live, I need help. I need help making decisions, getting information. I need help finding the right scripture for myself every day. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and Jesus is the way to that. You know, on the way to healing, you're going to get a whole lot of other perks. You're going to get understanding. You're going to get knowledge. You're going to get, um, dignity and respect. Amen. He wants you well. Sometimes sickness and, and weakness take away your dignity. You know, you just don't want to be around people too much. You don't want a, a lot of fussing about you and all that kind of stuff. And he understands that. You know, he he knows that. And so all of these things he's restoring to us as as part of our healing package. Amen. So he says, your words will be this powerful. That you can speak to this mountain and you think, how in the world can I do that? I don't even have faith that my words will do that. Well, you may not have it walking around just thinking about it every day. But think about some of the things that have been removed out of your life. That were obstacles for you that aren't there anymore. Amen. By your persistent Meditating on the word and your persistent thanking God for that result. Think about the things that have changed, um, you know, in your life personally. I look at some of the things that have changed even in this city, you know, as far as is, uh, atmosphere is concerned and far as freedom that people have to worship God and to understand the things of God. You know, when, when I first got saved, Cleveland was a very religious place. You didn't have places that were spirit-filled. You can walk in and people lay hands on you and you could pray in tongues. You got a lot of religious flim-flam. 
you know, people talking around the gifts of the spirit, you know, and all of that. And, and, you know, we have places now where you can come in and worship and, and pray in the Holy Ghost and, and sing in the spirit and the power of God falls on you. You know, that's, that you didn't do. You know, they had a program they stuck to and it didn't include you touching God too much. And so these are things that, that these were mountains, folks. You think the devil really likes Christians coming in and, and freely worshiping God and, and speaking in the spirit and getting confidence that, that they are, are accepted by God and, and God is transforming them. You really think he wants that to happen? He, he'll move, move more hell towards you trying to stop that. Amen. So don't ever take it for granted because, you know, it's just like it came in. It could leave out again. And so many times we, we, we are living in the result of this scripture coming to pass and, and don't, aren't even aware of it too much. Cause this has happened, folks, that mountains have been removed and cast away never to come back again. Amen. And, and God has opened up a window to heaven for people so that we can expect good. You know, I can remember leaving church and, and feeling good, but you doubted he was going to answer your prayer. In fact, you didn't even get prayer in a lot of places you went. They talked about prayer and they say, y'all better pray. Amen. But you didn't get, there was no ministry. You know what ministry is? It means church, church is there to serve the people that come. Amen. You'll get that a lot of places. And so I'm just very thankful that God, you know, he'll show you how these things have come to pass already. It's like sitting here reading this. You think, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. And then you think about it. I said, I think I have (laughs) done that, you know, at least participated in it before. And he says, therefore, I say to you, what things soever, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you get it. At the time you pray, you must believe you received it. Amen. If you got in the throne room and you asked God for it, believe he gave it to you and you're walking out with it. Amen. So it's like, I got this. Amen. I received my healing when I prayed. Amen. There's no doubt in my mind I got it. Amen. Well, Barb, what about symptoms? Well, what about them? I still got my healing. You can't tell me I didn't get it. <laughs> Amen. Little devil. Cause that's the enemy's, that's his job to try and talk us out of what we already have. He did that with Eve. Amen. And Adam. So y'all, y'all, y'all gotta eat this cause you get this. Ooh, you gonna be over the top smart. Huh? Well, if, if it's, if it's gonna be like that for me, how come you got kicked out of heaven when you tried it? No. Just a thought. How come you don't have it? Huh? And so he wants us, give us a distorted picture of life. Or tell us God doesn't want us to have certain things and God's already given it to us. See, Adam and Eve were already like God. And they thought they were doing something to make them like God. See? It's an innocent mistake, folks. 
because they walk with God every day. Why wouldn't they want to be like him? They admired him. They loved him. She just got deceived into thinking that she wasn't like him already. Amen. She loved him because she was like him. The devil hates him and hates us and hates God because he's not like us. Anybody you're not like, you don't like. Huh? We all like finding a, a mirror or a kinship or something like some familiarity. We feel comfortable. Amen. So things we, we aren't like or we, we don't have a similarity to, we tend to dislike just cause it's different or cause we're different. And, and that's why the devil hated them because they have love in them and he couldn't get it. Amen. So he figured he'd take it away from them if he could. Amen. Same thing with us. When we have confidence in God's word, here he comes. The minute we pray for something and believe we receive it and we start thanking God for it, worshiping God, and then then some uh, a pain will hit us and distract us. Huh? That's him. Sneaking up on you, say, well, what about this? If you so heal, how come I can put pain on you like that? Amen? And so you, we have to stand then and stand steadfast in our confession. So that's why Jesus says, if you believe, it'll come to pass. Amen. Not believe you got it all instantly right now, but believe you received it in your heart and that it'll come to pass the rest of the way. The rest of it will come. Amen. There's always, we, you know, your faith is your down payment. It's not the total thing. It's the spiritual essence of what you're asking for. But it's also a down payment on the full manifestation of it. Amen? So your faith is a spiritual manifestation. And then you have a natural one that will come at some point. It could come right away. You don't know. But you got to believe it will come to pass. Amen. Why? Because God is doing it. Not because you're, you're doing everything right. Or not because you don't have a day where you get tired of believing, confessing, praying, being a Christian, whatever. You know, some days, some days are rougher than others. And so when you think about it, uh, we can have all kinds of ups and downs in the meantime. That doesn't disqualify you from receiving the full manifestation of what you believe in for. If you got a down payment already, you'd be crazy to walk away and, and try and forget about it. Amen. You, you, you want to, if, if anything, you should be trying to go back and see if you get your money back. <laughs> Amen. It's like we going, and put something in the layaway. And then we say, oh, I don't need that. Or a bill comes up. I know I shouldn't have done that. Let me see if I can cancel it and go get my money back. Amen. Well, if, if, if faith is our, our, um, down payment, you know, we've received that deposit, then what do we do if we give up on the promise? What you don't do, take your faith and put it over in the devil's camp, something he's got going for you? No, you leave your faith right there. Amen. Because you know that's a secure place for it. That's the best place for it. And you're hoping uh, against hope that it can happen anyway. 
You know, you ever have one of them days where you like, I ain't praying, I said, and before the day is gone, you think, oh, Lord, I didn't pray all day long. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Huh? And you quick, fast, in a hurry, get to confessing the word, believing and trying to make up for it, right? Because you don't know where else to put your faith. You got your faith in the one who can do something. Now you've been crazy enough to act like you don't belong to him for a whole day. Now you're trying to get back in again. You better do that. Don't ever walk away from something that God has promised you. Amen. And and think you're just going to live a happy life and it's, it's still in your heart. You know, if it was ever in your heart, it's still in there. Amen. It, it, that's one thing the enemy, he, he will do things to get you to, to get discouraged and lose confidence in God that God wants you to have it. See, what he does is, is right away after we start believing, he'll start a character assassination. Either yours or God's or both. Amen. Uh, you don't do this enough. You see, it's late. The reason is late. No devil is on schedule. And you keep standing in my, my train tracks and you're going to get run over by it when it comes because it's big. It's so big, devil, you better move out the way and you understand what I'm saying? Or you're going to get run over. You know, like Wiley Coyote. He always got something smart up his sleeve. Huh? And pretty soon Roadrunner comes by and mows him over. He's always, he kills me. He's always, uh, buying stuff, mail order stuff. Acme, uh, it's always the Acme company, you know, uh, and he put together a kit where he gonna trap the Roadrunner. Amen. Well, the kit is man-made. Roadrunner's ability comes straight from God. How's something man-made going to trap something God-made? Huh? He started making trapezes and swinging back and forth and they jump off and it, it snaps at the... Right. And he fall flat down and boom, down at the bottom of the canyon. Huh? That's just what happens to the devil. Every trap he sets fails. It never gets sprung. We never get caught in it. God comes and rescues us. Even if it's our ignorance or our misbehavior, whatever it is, God rescues us every single time. Amen. And so we, we have to really understand the, the confidence that we can have in God and, and in his word and then in our words when we speak God's word. Amen. So he says, what thing soever you desire, whatever it is, when you pray, believe you receive it, you'll have it. So we should have a whole lot in our hearts that we've received already. Amen. We, it, it, not just on a personal level, but, but for this nation and for the city that we live in, there are things that we are for our families and friends and neighbors and people like that. There are things that we are, we have stored in our hearts that God is nurturing. God is is blessing. God is ready to deliver on these things. And he says, believe that you receive them at the time that you pray, then you'll have them. Amen. And you can have them any time after you believe you've received them. Amen. And when you stand praying, forgive, 
if you have anything against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So God keeps up with that. Amen. It's good to go confessing. You understand what I'm saying? God, forgive me of anything. I've been distracted and I've been doing this and doing that. And I've been uh, uptight about somebody or angry at somebody and, and, you know, keeping, keeping my distance from them. And, you know, a lot of little nutty things we get involved in that we shouldn't. Amen. And we know we shouldn't. But you feel powerful. Your flesh feels powerful sometimes when you act in nutty. Huh? So we got to grow up and give that stuff up. Amen. You're not powerful because you doing the devil's work. Do you know where he is now? Awaiting sentencing. Huh? He's in the holding tank. He's bound. Except for crazy people that let him kind of have his way. But he's so bound up by the things that God has ordained. Every time somebody gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, every time somebody gets saved, he's bound. That's his demise. The kingdom comes forth every single day. Kingdom's advancing all the time. So he's just sitting up watching it happen and can't do anything about it. Amen? So he got to know why would we feel powerful doing something similar to somebody that's that goofed up. Brain damaged, brain dead, impotent. And about to get put in the clink for a thousand years. Amen. And then forever. Amen. So he's got a bad future. So you don't hook up with somebody who's got that kind of future. Amen. So he says that, that if we, if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. Amen. That's very important to remember. That's very important as far as your personal relationship, your devotionals, your walking with God. Seeking him as your healer or anything like that. Uh, it, it's good to have a pure heart. Don't be holding a grudge against anybody. You know, if you hold grudges against people, those people God loves. So, you know, you're holding a grudge against somebody he loves. It's not just somebody who did you wrong. It's somebody God loves. He loves everybody. He tells us to do the same thing. So, the first thing we must do, making Jesus our healer, amen, is to believe that we receive our healing when we pray. We just went over that. When we have done this, God leads us to faith along the road to our healing or to our answer. So once God hears you and sees your faith that you believe you've received it already, then he connects with you and he begins to work that out so that the, uh, 1123 can come to pass, you can have whatsoever you say, and it comes to pass for you. It's important that we make contact with Jesus as the healer. Expect him to heal you. You need to know that he owns healing. Amen. He's the only one who paid for healing. When you pay for something, you own it. Nobody else, doctors don't own healing. The devil doesn't own healing. Amen. Uh, the devil is so evil. He might think he wants to trick you into trying to heal you. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to make him sick. I can't do that. <laughs> he won't remove sickness unless he's forced to. 
Huh? If he can do so much, why don't he do it? He couldn't do it if he wanted. He don't want to do nothing good. Not even to trick somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Not for very long. He'll he'll let go of your body if you make him. Only if you make him. He don't have a thought in him that says, well, let me ease up on this. Huh? Or I'm going to ease up on it and make him think I'm gone. He said, nah, I ain't easing up on nothing. I'm just going to make it worse. <laughs> That's the kind of devil he is. So he won't even try to tease us and make us think, you know, we can get a little relief. God is the one that brings the relief. Why? Because he owns health. He owns healing. He owns absence of symptoms and absence of disease. Jesus owns that. That's why we go to him for it. Amen. Him and nobody else but him. Amen. The devil cannot heal. Amen. Um, Jesus, when, when you make contact with Jesus as your healer, you need to understand that at the time you pray and believe you've received it, he already is on his way with the answer. And he doesn't change. Once you put your faith in him, he is on his way to remedy your situation and he will not change. Amen. He will not change. Um, you need to believe when, when you make contact with Jesus as your healer, you must believe that he is able. You've got to be fully persuaded. He can take your cancer away. He can take your heart disease away and give you a new heart. He can take diabetes away. He can make your blood pressure normal. You've got to believe he's able to do that. It's not out of his realm. You also have to believe that he's willing. You know, will he do it? And will he do it for you? You've got to make it personal. Will he do this for me? Amen. And so if he, you can, you can agree that he is able, that he is willing, and he is willing to do it for you, then, and keep yourself locked into believing that, then that's the cornerstone of your faith for anything. You know, not just healing, but for anything else that you need. We need to believe in a living Savior, not just historical. It's one thing to read the Bible and see what he did, you know, all that and all that. But you got to hide that in your heart, too. you got to take that in as as uh, um, true for you. If he did it for a centurion, he'll do it for you. If he did it for the woman with the issue of blood, he'll do it for you. If he did it for the, the man born blind, he will do it for you. Amen. And he'll do it for people you pray for. Amen. So we, we must believe in a living Savior. He is living now, willing to do it now, able to do it now, and able to do it for us. Amen. So he's gotta, he's gotta meet all of those expectations for us. Do you believe that Jesus is in charge of healing or somebody else is? Do you believe the doctors are? Do you believe the people that sell the health practices, you know, the supplements and all of that, that they have some kind of corner on healing? All of these other things that that come into play that you see people doing now, Uh, this holistic medicine where, you know, they throw some yoga in there for you Christians (laughs) that think there's nothing wrong with it. Amen. A philosophy cannot heal you. 
Amen. You need power. Amen. You need power to drive sickness out. Amen. Jesus' only question to us is, can we believe? Can you believe? Your answer should be yes. Based on the fact that you have his faith dwelling in you. Yes, I can, Jesus. I believe because I have your faith. Amen. This faith that I have, believe your word. Amen. I'm believing your word. Amen. <laughs> yeah, so so we, we need to always answer yes to that question, Ken. Don't let that puzzle you. Amen. Just always let it be an immediate yes. Amen. Jesus gives us faith at every step. That's why we need to walk with him every day. He is your confidence. He is your faith. He's not judging you to see if you believe every time you open your mouth. You know, just relax and understand that he heard you when you prayed. You received your healing when you prayed. You have confidence that, that it's on the way or you it will come to pass, whatever, however you want to phrase that. So you must have confidence every day that it will come to pass. There are some days is you're not just as rosy as you were the other days, but repent. And, and the, it's a better day. Tomorrow's a better. I don't know why I had an off day yesterday, Lord, but today is a different day. I don't want to repeat. I want to walk with you today. Amen. When Jesus says, I am the way, that means he will show you the way. He will empower you along the way. He will make the steps with you and provide what you seek and what you need. He's walking with you the whole time. You're not by yourself just confessing the word out in the middle of nowhere, hoping he hears you. He's right there with you. He's helping you. He's giving you the words you need to say. He's your very present help in trouble. Amen. Our problem is we let our minds wander. Let them go off on the deep end and doubting and not sure. and You know, all of that. That'll attack your mind. But just because it attacks your mind, don't let it get into your heart and get you to, to get discouraged and walk away. That's why these these uh, these attitudes of the heart are so important discouragement, doubt, fear, all of those things. It's important to keep those at a distance from you and hide the word in your heart so that stuff doesn't grow and start to manifest and and give you problems. So we have to follow and obey him at every step in order to receive the good things he has for us. So never give up or turn away from him. Amen. Because he owns healing. If anybody can get it for you, Jesus can. Amen. And he wants to. He's willing. He's ready. All of that. He's ready to step up to the plate. Amen. So in Matthew 18, I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 8, we'll go there first. Or next. In Matthew chapter 8, and this is why Jesus heals us. Amen. And and keep this in your mind. Amen. Uh, because it's easy to get turned around in this thing and and lose sight of faith righteousness, that as long as you have faith in God, you stand justified and right before him, and he will do what he says he's going to do. It says here, Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law laid and sick of a fever, 
And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered to them. And when the evening came, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So why did Jesus heal these people? To fulfill prophecy. I thought it was their faith. Oh, I thought they had to be good. Oh, I thought they didn't couldn't do this. Oh, I thought, yeah, you thought a lot of stuff. He's fulfilling prophecy when he heals us. See, this is the whole thing. Have faith in God. Believe his word and he keeps his word. It didn't say these people had nothing going for them. No good looks, no smart words, no good confession. They were brought in. You're not even sure if they really, they didn't get themselves there. You know, I mean, come on now. They were dragged from everywhere. And he had compassion on them and healed them to keep his word. See, we make it way too hard for us to receive from God. If you're believing his word, you're holding on to his word. You you believed you received it when you prayed. When he shows up with it, he's doing it to fulfill his word. Oh. You mean all them days I thought I was praying wrong and thinking wrong? And yeah. You wasted your time. Focusing on nonsense that the devil feeds you. Huh? You could have been out in the yard, just sitting out doing nothing. While you in there worrying and struggling and, oh Lord, what do I need to do now? It's been too long. I know it's, I know it's too late. I just know. He does stuff to keep his word, folks. To fulfill his word. And we can hold him to that. Jesus, you told me. <laughs> Where is it? Huh? I mean, I know polite girls don't ask a gentleman for anything, but I want my stuff. This ain't no time to be polite. This is time to get get your stuff and get to get get on to enjoying life. Amen. So he did this to fulfill prophecy, folks. He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. So he had to show people that that was true. And that's why they got healed. They didn't need great faith. They didn't know, and you don't either, because you don't know where to get it from. So you want to keep it as minimal as possible. Huh? In fact, you want to steal your healing before Jesus, like that lady with the issue. Huh? You want to creep up on him and steal it before he know you healed. Now imagine the audacity of a person. But God honored it. Huh? She pretty much stole her healing from him. He don't have to know me. He don't have to see me. 
All he got to do is come through with the goods. Amen. 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 See, we, we try to, we try to put way too many stipulations on an answer to prayer. Cause see, if, if your perfection and your everything, your prayer was right and this was right and, oh, I'm just so, you understand what I'm saying? Posing everywhere you go kind of thing. If that was what was getting you over, you're a sad little cookie. Huh? Cause your best efforts can't top his righteousness and his mercy and his compassion. What can you do to earn that? So we might as well, you know, throw in the towels. God help me. I done got stupid again in my thinking, thinking I got to have it now and it's not this and it's not that. And Do I pray enough? No, you don't. Do I fast? Don't, don't even go there. Just fast as in box lunches be flying out of here on Sunday. Don't, don't even go. But see, once you disqualify yourself from having to qualify, you're on the right road. Because you're trusting him totally. He's got to qualify you. If qualifying had anything to do, he's got to do that. Because we're talking about something we don't know anything about, and that's righteousness. Huh? We know how to spell it. Huh? Sometimes. But we have no clue how that works. It, it, you know, it's like why, righteousness is something God imputes to us. It's already what it is and then he puts us, puts it on us. Just like you go and buy a, a your designer, some of your designer people's garments you don't know how they're made you don't know what that material is and you could care less you just want to look good in it uh you up to one thing and that's looking good and that's as much as we know about god's righteousness we know it came at a high price we know we can't do it and can't pay for it but we wear it well amen we wear it right up to the altar and pray and and talk to god through that voice amen that sinless voice that he puts on us. Amen. And and that's all you need to know about it. It gets you in the throne room. It gets you what you need. It gets you and it's going to get you to heaven one day. You understand what I'm saying? As much as you need to know. And so why would we try to even mess with it? Try to perfect it or think we got to qualify for something. No, God, I'm not even sure what I'm doing today. I'm not even sure about anything anymore. I do know this. I know you're good to me. And I know I love you as best I can. And I want to do more for, I want to love you more. Amen. Uh, please help me to discipline myself to be able to sit still and listen to you more attentively. We even need help with that. A hot mess most days. You understand what I'm saying? So don't even go over there and try to play. Like I'm, I'm doing, you know, all this and I'm real good 
and I need this and, and I can do that. And I, you know, and that's what got me healed. Well, no, what got you healed? His stripes got you healed. And it was torture for him. Amen. When have you tortured yourself to do anything God wanted you to do? Well, he paid the price already. Yeah, he did. So what do you want? When somebody pays something for you, uh, tell me how many of us, say, for instance, every time I, me and Chuck went out somewhere, I paid the whole bill. Huh? Well, what do you think make, that makes Chuck feel like? Oh, grow up. Well, let me put it this way. What's it supposed to make, Chuck? You know, she would wonder, well, what did I do for this lady to keep doing this for me? And I could, I need to treat sometimes. I just can't keep letting her pay my way. There's a sense of owing when you don't fork over nothing. And we all, you know, it, come on now. You've been blood bots. Jesus gave his life and you feel like you don't owe anything? You can just run around scot-free with all the blessings and everything and treat that. Like, no, it's not even normal for a carnal human to think like that. And, and then the Holy Spirit will convict you. You start getting out of joint and crazy thinking like that. It'll let you know you ain't got away with nothing. Amen. This comes at a price on your end too. Amen. That's why we sacrifice. I know that word's not popular anymore, but. It's still necessary. (laughs) You can't have everything your flesh craves. Amen? That's a sacrifice. Tell your flesh, no. You ain't getting that. We doing big things for God. We ain't got time for me to indulge you. Amen? (laughs) So he himself took our infirmities. He healed people to fulfill his word. That's on the, that should be on the top of your list. Jesus, you healed me to fulfill your word. You promised that you yourself took my infirmities and you bore my sicknesses and my pain. And I'm refusing sickness and I'm refusing pain because you took it already. And I thank you for it. Amen. So he fulfills prophecy. He fulfills what's said about him. Every time we get an answer to prayer, folks, he answers us to keep his word. Top of the list. Amen. That faith that you think you have so much of, your faith and your prayer. You know, I used to love hearing people say, Oh, I, you got, oh, I prayed for you. Oh, interesting. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? All, all glory to God. Praise God, but I prayed for you. You know, that kind of stuff. Grow up. That little raggedy prayers we do, you know, they barely make it in the throne room. Jesus is like, well, I guess they meant it. I didn't hear an amen. I didn't hear a victory shout. I didn't hear nothing. I guess they meant that one. Bring it on in here. Let me fix it up so I can send it to them. It's the truth. Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. That's his main job. Huh? If our prayers were so good, why would he have to double up on it? He can't even go to lunch real good. 
little raggedy, chewed off prayers and half faith and half doubt. If it be your will, I don't know God and this is too much for me and I don't, you really want me to have this or not? Child, please. So he's fulfilling his word, folks. There's a lot of fixing up we need, even after we're saved. And, you know, oh, we, we've been saved for so many years, and I'm an intercessor. And Go sit down somewhere. Pray yourself out of a paper bag. The devil come up and start messing with you about one thing, and you're about to have a stroke. You see him on Facebook calling all intercessors, calling all intercessors. Well, you're a minister. Why you need to be calling all intercessors? The devil ain't done something. He ain't got scared. Jumped on Facebook instead of going to Jesus. Right. Yes. Jesus not only owns health, he owns salvation. Amen. He owns deliverance. He has power over all the works of darkness. He owns righteousness. He owns goodness. He owns the kingdom. And he wants to release it to his people. He lives and prays for us so he can release the good things of the kingdom into our lives. Amen. When he says only believe, he means that. Just trust me. Believe and not doubt. Know that I am here for you. And I'm going to do what I say I am going to do. That's that's faith, folks. Believing he's going to do what he said. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much the devil worries you about it. He's going to do what he said. If you can, at the end of the day, if you can go through doubt, fear, unbelief, uh, whining, crying, carrying on, and, and begging people to help you out, if you can go through all that and at the end of the day say, Jesus, I believe your word. You're going to bring this to pass. Amen? That's all you need. Amen. That's him. That's him. Father, thank you for your word and for giving us understanding, giving us the good things of life. Why? Because you are fulfilling your word. We expect you to fulfill your word, Lord. We thank you for your holy word, that it's without blame, it's without shame, it's without fault. It'll work perfectly in every situation. Your word is perfect in every situation that we call come to. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your word, which you bring to pass in its season. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. Now, thank you, Lord that by your stripes we are healed amen amen and amen again it's so decreed amen amen praise god